Welcome along, I'm Alan Williams and this is the Alan Williams Podcast. Hey folks, welcome to episode number 33 of the podcast. We're doing something a little bit different today. This is actually an episode I've really been looking forward to personally. We're going to do a financial health episode. Now don't switch off, it's not boring. The guy I've got today is somebody I've wanted to speak to for a long time. Not just because he's an excellent accountant, but because he's very similar minded to myself in terms of mindset. He loves his training, he's had a great story in terms of how he became an accountant, and he's going to bring you guys loads of value with little tips as well. So we've got loads of interesting stuff lined up for you today, and I'm excited about this one. I'm joined by Martin Brennan from My CA. Martin, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me on. It's good to have you here. Your own story, Martin, is one I'm incredibly interested in because it's not the typical accountant story, how you got to where you are. Tell us a little bit about it. Um, Similar to an awful lot of uh, students, I never liked accountancy. (laughs) I never (laughs) thought I wanted to be an accountant. Um, I always was interested in sports in secondary school and thought I was always going to pursue a career in either to work in a gym or maybe to do a little bit of coaching. but things, I suppose, when you're a teenager, you really don't know what you want to do. Uh, and I fell into that trap. And when I finished my leaving in Summerhill back in 2000, um, I didn't actually get enough points to go to third level at that stage. Right, OK. So I was of the opinion that I wanted to go work and make some money. And I did. I went out and uh, I went into FOSS for a year. A uh, great course that just started here in Sligo, ran by now by Gavin, Gavin Dykes and uh, Steve Feeney, oh, yes, Daniel yeah. Leary. Yeah, it was the first year that I was ran. So I worked. I was there for uh, one year when, and I was working all jobs in on top of that and yeah. decided that I was going to go back to education. I think I needed to. I needed that kick in the, in the backside to kick myself into gear and decided I wanted to go back and pursue a reckon leisure in, in Sligo IT. So I went back to Summerhill, did my leave insert, uh, redid it again. Uh, picked the subjects that I wanted to do to make sure I got the points necessary for it. So that was probably my first well, setting so you, goals. You had a long kind of road to even get to yeah. your Rec and Leisure course, never mind the accountancy. Yes. So, wow, wow. And then you got into the Rec and Leisure course and from there you went towards accountancy after that, was it? Or was it there a moment when you kind of realised, I don't really want to do the sport thing anymore or it's not going to work out for me? Or was there a reason you decided to veer off towards accountancy? Accountancy came about um, after I'd finished the four years uh, I'd done a first class honours in, in Reckon Leisure and Accountancy was a module or two in certain courses that we were doing but it wasn't, again, I didn't have a grow for Accountancy at that stage. I had a grow, grow for learning and developing and what brought me into Accountancy was actually when I finished in the IT I went travelling for three months um, with my now wife and when I came back I had no job I was looking to see, I'm not, the boom was just kicking off in, in Ireland and a lot of my friends who I would have went to college with were getting big jobs in Dublin. I didn't want to move. I love Sligo, I was happy to stay in Sligo. I agree with you. I'm yeah. kind of the same now where people are going, there's loads of opportunities for you in Dublin. I'm going, I would not live there, I love Sligo, I love the beaches, I love the quiet life. There's a lot to be said for that. There is. So I decided that, I, that decided what does businesses always need? And I always enjoyed business was an accountant. An accountant is some, probably something that um, it's probably a passion that, that I had deep down inside but again I had no experience at it so I took up the golden pages which you would now you would probably see nowadays and went through every accountancy firm in Sligo Leitrim and Roscommon and wrote to them all to see if I could get uh, a trial basically wow so that's basic, that's how my accountancy journey started and luckily enough then I picked a, a practice that I was able to to develop in and worked in a small practice 
which I went through basically at the very start and grew up. But the one thing that I had behind me, and this was my love for, for sport and passion, the wreck and leisure. And that's what I find is probably different from myself compared to accountants who would, would have come the traditional routes, done accountancy in school, done accountancy in college, and then became an accountant. Very much so. And I'm going to make a little observation here as well, which you can shoot me down on or not, but I would say what you also have over them is probably a lot of resilience because you've had to fight to get to where you are. Possibly, yeah. That's uh, another, another good way of looking at it. Yeah, for sure. When you wrote to all those little firms did you get many replies i had two interviews uh, for two firms locally and it was a firm in in leitrim that i i, okay. I took my apprenticeship okay. on but again i went in on a trial i went in there for three months to see that i enjoy it i enjoyed it then i went i, I planned and seeing which accounting degree or which which body would i sign with i looked and see what was the the highest regarded high, high the hardest one to get into qualify as which was the chartered accountancy at the time and that's the one I chose yes because I wanted to challenge myself and to become the best that I possibly could in the field yeah there's something else there that you haven't mentioned but that I noticed in my notes when I was prepping you graduated from that rec and leisure course with an honours degree level one wasn't it the Uh, first class yes first class like that is incredible for a guy who hadn't actually achieved enough points from the leaving cert initially to get into the course which says to me there's a lot of work on in there there's a serious work ethic behind it yeah. has to be it kicked into gear though as we always do when we're a little bit younger we squander time we squander a lot of things and when I got my stuff together and I realised what I wanted to do and when you want to do something it's not really work you just get on with it yeah yeah you love it you love it was there nearly that you were kind of put to the pen of your collar and you're realising well I have to start getting my shit together here I have to do something and then get get my life sorted out a little bit not, was it an element no, of that? No, no. no I, was still, I was extremely young at the time I was early 20s when, when I'd I, I done this but I, I was looking at very fortunate to get into a, a good group in college a group that everyone every one of us done extremely well for ourselves and there was that work ethic that we had um, I still went out every so often but it was that constant it's the thing I always refer to the people around you have been so important it is isn't it makes it such a difference it makes such a difference so then you get into the company you're doing your apprenticeship you start building up from there I suppose one step at a time yeah one step so you start off you've got three three sets of exams to do and I started at the bottom layer and you work your way up didn't pass one or two of them because I was just learning and pass them the next time and so forth you get you get a head, you get kicked down, you get a head, you get kicked down. Anybody's done accounting exams, if anybody knows anybody done accounting exams, how stressful they can be. Is that right? And the way to distress is to have something else in your life. And I was lucky enough that I had sport. Yeah. That's that you outlet. could focus. That was my outlet at times. Stress stress down, keeps you feeling good. And even to this day, I know you do an awful lot of it, which we're going to speak about a little bit further on. But just bringing you back to what you're doing at the moment, you set up your own business then. Was that a lot further down the line? So uh, about four years ago, I decided I was going to back myself and set up my own accounting practice. And the reason why I set that up was to bring something that I hadn't seen that I felt that customers would need, and that's interaction with their accountant, to be more hands-on rather than just the historical dealing with information, talking about stuff that's happened a year or two behind. It was more about helping businesses to plan for the future and plan for their lives like business is one element in a person's life it should never be the main element it should be just part of of their life yeah yeah this is the phrase i use all the time what you do is not who you are and it's important to separate that 
and one little story I'm going to tell my listeners here because I know you're too modest to tell it I rang Martin a couple of weeks ago and I was going to invite him on the podcast and we're having our chat and Martin didn't answer the phone but he rang me back a while later and he said sorry I didn't answer I was sitting down for dinner with the family I just don't really answer the phone when I'm doing that and I was delighted to hear it it just shows you priorities and it says to me good guy and his priorities are in the right place and I think that's important and it's something maybe that we get away from nowadays where we're always switched on and we seem like the phone has to be on all the time so it's important that your priorities are in the right place because nothing really comes ahead of family does it no that's very true it's the most important thing isn't it in in life and even you have your training and everything as well and I think you have a good balance to what you do so when you speak about your clients I know what you're talking about or they know what you're talking about because you're actually living it yourself Yeah. you know it's not a case of Here's Martin giving advice on, I'm an accountant and I'm going to tell you you should have your life in balance and it's not everything. Martin is actually living that and that's the difference. I try to help as, as best I can, I suppose, Alan. Yeah. People come to me for different reasons and the first reason would be for tax compliance. That's the main thing that people go to an accountant for to make sure that they're, they're tax compliant and they're doing things the right way. The additional things that accountants can be used for is actually to help to help a business owner with their business so for argument's sake they're thinking about someone might come to me who is currently employed and this is extremely important and they're deciding oh I'm thinking about setting up a new a new business brilliant I'd say um, what's your life plan like what's the goal for the next three years and they say well we're, we're getting married now next year I said well that's nice how are you going to pay for that I said, well, oh, I actually hadn't told that. Or are you going to buy a house in the <laughs> I future? Start thinking about it. Yeah. Are you going to buy a house in the future? Yeah, I suppose it will. Yeah, well, if the if you go self-employed, the banks are going to need two years' financial accounts before you'd even be considered. So there are other elements to to. This is before someone would even start a business that they should speak to somebody yeah. just to get just an understanding of what they're letting themselves in for 100% and you know what most of us haven't a clue and I include myself in that when I was starting off you're so wet behind the ears you actually don't know and it's just one thing I would say for anybody listening that is thinking about starting up a business that's maybe in the position that I was a few years ago there's certain places you can save money and take shortcuts accountancy is not one of them it's definitely worth your time actually paying an accountant that will bring you good advice and a good accountant that's willing to help you and one thing I would say about Martin is he's very passionate about people you can even see that talking to you you're very people orientated and it's about building relationships with clients I think as much as anything which is key as well so give us a few more wee tips Martin just for people listening that are maybe looking to save a few quid this year or maybe to get some cash in the bank or maybe tax related stuff or whatever it is you feel is most beneficial to people sure thing thanks Alan um, so the main thing I'll just go through briefly things called the pillars of success and these is what I would I would find the three things that are key for for your business and that's the first one is your structure like how you structure your business whether you want to act as a sole trader you're you're in a partnership with someone else that's very passionate as you are or perhaps you might set up a new company so they're there that's basically the structure the most important part is the running of it the day-to-day running of it and the month to month like how you are running your business and then the most the next thing that that leads on to is the lifestyle that you're going to live from the business. Now, this is probably my... I get most pain from this because especially sole traders who set up businesses, they don't, they can't live their lifestyle goals because of the business they've set up. Okay. And what I mean by that is that they will, they will start the business, they'll be the number one employee of the business, but they'll never treat themselves as that. They'll always take what's left over. Yeah. So... They might be paying too much in wages, not paying themselves enough. They're taking all the risks. So that's what I find is probably the hardest thing to to deal with in my business. That's a mistake actually- I made. That's a mistake I made. I opened a gym a couple of years ago and 
you know, you have all the great intentions in the world and you're going to take over the world and it's going to be great and it's going to be massive and I fail miserably. I fail miserably and I fail miserably because, oh, there was a few reasons. I didn't probably research it properly and I took on an opportunity that I thought was a great opportunity, but it wasn't. I was too emotional about that decision. But what I actually found was that I ended up, I was in that gym for a year, took police on it for a year. I ended up paying the staff and keeping the doors open and working 12, 15 hour days every day. Didn't pay myself a penny in that year. Not one yeah, penny. That's what happens. And your story, Alan, unfortunately, is the story of an awful lot of business owners out there. This is this is the hard truth. And then it's we don't know what we're getting into at the time. Unfortunately, not. So this is why when you're planning to sell up a business, or else talking to somebody who knows the business, like what's your what was your goal? If you have a family as well on top of this, if you have, as you say, a wedding, or if you have a new car that you need to to buy in the future. Sometimes timing is the most important thing to make a decision. Yeah, but even looking back now, I think there was probably an element of ego in there as well, if I'm being honest, in that I was younger at the time and I thought, well, I'm going to have my own gym and it's going to be huge and I'm going to have all these clients and it's going to be amazing. And you're almost kind of feeding the ego a little bit rather than what I'm doing now. I actually left that gym and I scaled things back a little bit and I said, what do I actually want to do with my life? And how am I actually going to make money to pay the bills as well? Because let's be honest, we can be passionate about it and everything, but there is an element at the end of the day where the bills have to be paid. So I decided I was getting into speaking and I decided even still doing fitness classes, but I was going to bring it back to where I was, just paying a few rent, a few quid rent as I go in, in the hall I was using. And I still do that and I love it and it takes all the pressure off and I'm making more money probably than I ever would have been doing before. But it's sometimes it's taking away the element of ego as well and just mm-hmm. scaling back and asking the hard questions about what actually is going to work for me. And I think I probably would have benefited amazingly from sitting down with somebody like yourself at that time rather than not asking any questions and just going straight into it and thinking, well, I know it all and clearly I didn't. No, and look, there's some elements there, Alan, that you're speaking of that I can resonate with. The emotional decisions that people make can be costly at times. Yeah. However, when you the, when you said that you 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 managed or you open you, you lease a, a gym, to lease a gym to feed the ego is one thing. To have someone who is in your corner who's who's going to actually see the decisions that you're making and maybe advise on perhaps this isn't the best. To lease a gym, you own the gym for a year, but to lease the gym for an hour, you still own the gym for the hour. Yeah. Yeah. So there's it's 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 the time again. It's it's how you see things yeah. in your business at whatever time you're looking at them. I was you, far too emotional yeah. about it, to be honest, because what actually happened was it was the old school where I went to school. The school is closed down now, but they were renovating and transforming it into this gym. And I was kind of looking at, oh, like, it's fate. It was where I went to school and it's meant to be. And they'll all get behind me because I went to school here. And I just wasn't realistic enough about it, to be honest. But that's business and that's life. And but you, you learn, learn from, it. from that. Oh, 100%. You do. And as long as, as long as you can learn, uh, live to fight another day, that's a learning experience. That's exactly and you it. you have to do that in, when you're starting off. But maybe some people are extremely lucky that they can just coast through and be a success. That is not the case for an awful lot of businesses, including myself. I yeah. am a small business owner as well. It's not always that easy. Yeah, it's not. And I always say as well, the one thing I would never change is the hard times I've had. And I suspect you're possibly the same. Like, sometimes, you see, the likes of social media and that, it's so like, oh, this is perfect and my life is brilliant and I have this fantastic business and I'm hugely successful. 99% of people are not like that. There's the odd 1% or so that goes in and they've got a huge following and it works out easily for them. But I think the reality of it is that for most of us, it takes a hell of a lot of work and it takes a lot of resilience and there's going to be setbacks. But with those knocks, you learn and you adapt and you grow and you come back stronger. And I actually think if I didn't take all the hits I did a few years ago, I wouldn't be where I am now.
would you say you're something similar? I would say that definitely per- people's perception is not your perception. But people's, your perception can become other people's. So what I mean is, if you're perceived as being great, fantastic, brilliant at what you do, and deep down inside you really don't think you are, yeah. and you don't do things right, and you don't get the right advice, and you, and you start to... You start to think, you basically feed the beast. You're feeding that ego, which you'd mentioned earlier. Yeah. It gets to a point then where actually your perception is now the same as everyone else's, but unfortunately it's not always the same. Chickens come home to roost. Yeah, yeah. And it can be something which would be either stress in your life, it could be your 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 family, just the time, emotional time that you can spend with your family, your mind is on your business all the time. It could be the cost. So the cost that you, but most importantly, is the stress. The yeah. stress that accountants, and this is probably something that people aren't aware of, it's the emotional baggage that accountants hold. And don't feel too sorry for us, but that's we we hear the sad stories. We hear the we we see the good times. We see everyone publicising. But the nature of it is that people are coming to you, and they are stressed. They are. They are. It's a hard. It is so harsh. It's, it's completely different to me in that I suppose if they come in and do a fitness class with me or they're losing weight or they're doing something that's making them feel good then I probably get the good vibes for them whereas you probably have to go the other way and yeah. take some of the negative stuff at times do you? I take the negative stuff is right um, but it's to take the negative stuff it's, it's not just to take it it's to realise the negative stuff Yeah. where we are and how you're going to progress out of it yeah. that's, that's, that's you, what people talk to and do you kind of look at part of your job Martin as teaching them how to manage that stress or how to step away from that or put things back in terms of like would you actually say to them you know if you were to even just go for a walk every evening or something like that it would help you in that regard or is that no. kind of that's beyond your remit you don't beyond that road. no I don't I don't speak of um, things that I just try and put plans in place to help people if they are if they need it okay so effectively when I'm building plans with people and they want to get in shape or they want whatever I'm setting goals for them and I'm saying here's the steps along the way so you're doing the same but from a business point of view so you're relieving their stress in that way because you're bringing them a little bit of clarity they're starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel whereas maybe they're going into you and everything is just a muddle in their head and there's a little bit of panic yeah yeah, example I get a call today from someone who says that they're thinking of uh, they're struggling with just say for cash flow for argument's sake Okay, so in, we, we speak through the issues, we speak through what can be done, and then I schedule a call with that person in a week's time, and we say, where are we now? Has, has the steps, the small increments that we started to put in place, has that started to work, yes or no? If it hasn't worked, we, we schedule another call then to speak again in another week's time. If it has, we push that call out for a month. Like it's, okay. it's a case that... You're working quite closely with them then. I do, yeah. My, like, I work close with my clients yeah that's you're pretty hands-on i i try to be yeah that's good that's good yeah that's one thing i it's again resonating with me because i again started off when i was younger and you know you'd nearly people would say to you oh can you know just give me a food plan or whatever and you'd do that because i was i was a bit more innocent and you'd say yeah just pay me for a food plan away you go well what happens then is that's forgotten in two days if there's no comeback and if there's no accountability so these days like i'm all over them like a rash with support and accountability and i'm on the phone with them and i'm on emails with them and then results shoot up yeah and I guess it's probably pretty much the same yeah well an example now in December I spoke to the majority I say 70% of my clients in December just before we were finished finalising 2019 accounts the financial year you could say to see where they are with their business is there is there exceptional items in there you know that they were buying could they be foreseen a large tax bill um, sort of planning 
putting steps in place now so that they're not going to go the 31st goes by and then they have to panic panic and they're dealing with well why didn't my accountant let me know this last year yeah so to be preparing for it before it happens preparing exactly and it's very very easy to do things like this and it's just simple as scheduling calls I schedule calls with the majority of my clients every six months okay just to check in see your things things change so fast of course of course and is it mostly kind of businesses you deal with then or you know if we were to ask you for a couple of little tips for people at home on how they might save a few quid or anything like that would there be anything useful there well even small things like one thing i heard recently again was about you know changing your electric supplier mm. and something as simple as that and i went and did it and it was incredible the difference yeah is that something that's worth doing every year uh, every two i believe yeah. yeah it's it's something i'm, I'm <laughs> i should be doing myself i don't really uh <laughs> i don't i don't I don't do the you don't practice things I don't know. Exactly. <laughs> utilities and that. Um, but the stuff that people could be doing, if for argument's sake, what I'm seeing an awful growth in is people who weren't full-time employment, who are dabbling or on their side hustle. Basically, they're they're starting a second business as a passion. Yeah. And what am I advising them? So what I'm saying to them is that it's a passion. You do not want to be paying tax on your passion. So whether that would be for someone who's teaching yoga, okay, or we'd we'll we'll use the yoga example. Go on, yeah. So they're taking income in each month. So a simple thing to do is to make sure that your expenses each month match your income. Right. Okay. You know, so you're doing, going to do that online course, which is going to better yourself to make sure that you're able to perform a new routine or something like this for for your for your customers in the future. You don't want to be paying additional taxes on stuff that you are passionate about that's yes. my philosophy yeah I agree, I agree compared and to if it's your full time job full time job is different yeah and and the likes of your fuel expenses and stuff can go down as well can't it the percentage of those <coughs> anything that's, that's relative to the business so for somebody completely starting out that hasn't a clue what sort of stuff we're looking at are we looking at fuel costs phone bills yes internet there are elements of that again it, it goes if you're if you're doing it on a side it it Every client is, in, is different in regards to some clients might have a job where their phone bill has been paid for by the company. Okay. So then they couldn't claim that as business expense. Right. However, then, similar to, to a car, if you had a company car from the place you're working, but you're teaching yoga on the site, you couldn't claim your, med- your petrol expenses or your diesel expenses okay. as, a, as a business expense. So there's no well, broad yeah, it's individual yes or no, but okay. it's always, also individual. Okay. But cool. some things that people could be doing, which I see is not, and I'm anytime I meet someone, especially I'm always trying to encourage them to do this, is, is to for, file their Form 12s with Revenue. Like Revenue Online, it's excellent now at the minute. People can go in, and if you feel as if you have paid over, overpaid tax in the last four years, you can go in and just do a quick assessment there, and hopefully, if you have huh. overpaid, especially anybody who's getting married. If you, if you were single and then you get married, there are perhaps some tax credits that could be transferable between both okay. spouses. So so where do we go for that? Uh, Ross, uh, revenue.ie and then it's in the My Account section on the top right hand corner. And to register there, it's it's a, it's a, a great tool. Okay. Anybody who's employed or um, has two or three jobs perhaps, because this is the day and age we're in now, um, they, can, they can manage their tax credits there themselves. Okay. And it's very straightforward. It is. And there's things that you can be claiming back, like your medical expenses. If you're paying for elderly care, so a home care package you might have for, for a loved one. Um, and also then your flat rate expenses, that's another option. 
and then the biggest one is your pension so anyone who's who's thinking of who has a pension taken out they can claim back the tax at 20% right. on right. what they paid over and I presume that's something you strongly recommend is to start a pension fund for those that don't do it yes indeed yeah as yeah. early as possible yeah. as they say little little and often is that the key yeah, yeah. 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 it's like everything it's like getting in shape it's consistency yeah. little bits at a time um the mindset then around money I'm kind of interested in as well because I you know me I'm huge on mindset and all that but I think it's quite similar again in that I've really kind of figured out when I want to save a few quid it's nearly the same as it is hitting a fitness goal or it's the same as it is hitting a career goal in that you just set the goal maybe and then figure out what are the steps I got to do to get there and just change the thought process I heard a great phrase actually recently which was money flows from those who value at least to those who value at most isn't Very it true? Good, yeah, 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 yeah. So when you get into that frame of mind, and I think one of the biggest things actually that a lot of people do wrong, you can correct me this, but I think it's not actually about how much money I'm bringing in, it's how much they're spending. I think a lot of people overlook that. They're focused on how do I get more money in. Mm-hmm. And the first thing I would say, especially from my own knowledge of building my own business, would be look at your expenses first because there's often a lot of stuff in there that maybe you could be cutting down on. I totally agree. There's a, another quote for you, is that sales is vanity and profit is sanity. Oh, I like that. Yeah. I like so, that. An awful lot of people will focus on the sale, the sale, the sale. However, it's what's on the bottom line at the end of the day. Yeah. You have to be able to generate enough to make, again, it comes down to the individual, enough of a profit to make sure that they can live a life that they want, which fits their needs. Yeah. That's what it's about. Your business yeah. should be about that. It shouldn't be about targeting sales growth and, and trying to get to be number one in the field or whatever it would be or 10x your income in the next five years it comes down to what you want as a, a as an individual in in your family or as an individual that you can live comfortably and you can exactly. be contented and not be constantly chasing more more and more and more and well, I think some people are like that some people, people are yeah. and like there's nothing wrong with it per se but i think there has to be that level of contentment as well because if you're always chasing the next goal and you can't take a step back and say well actually what i have is quite good then you're going to drive yourself a little bit mad. Yeah. So there needs to be that element of, I'm actually grateful for what I have as well, rather than just, I want more and I want more and I want more. And there's nothing wrong with trying to better yourself. Yeah. But that balance, I think, is important as well. Agreed? Taking the, the eye off the ball, that the thing that sales are going to solve everything that's going to happen in your business, is, is a short-term view. Yeah. It has to be, the, the, it comes as a full package. So creating sales is similar to if you're working out. You're not going to go into a gym and just work on, on, on your legs or your arms. You I have to work on everything. Like most people do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you have to work on everything. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it comes on the goal of Fragmasic Valley. If you had a client, and I'm assuming that the first thing you say to them, what's your goals? Yep. You're not going to say, oh, no, you need to fo- as an accountant, you need to focus on sales. I'm not going to say that to someone. I'm going to say, right, what's the overall here? What do you want? Yeah. Is it a deposit for a mortgage? Is it to, to, make, to put savings away to make sure that your kids can go to college? Whatever it would be. And then and it's then, devising the plan to get there. the plan that goes into it. It's a simple, it, it, it seems so simple, but it's extremely complicated at times. Yeah. It's like anything, if you get a little bit of professional help and get somebody who knows what they're doing, it does make life that little bit easier. It does. Um, I'll let you continue on with your tips. Have you got anything else there you want to throw out for us? Yeah, I suppose um, the most important thing for for anyone who is looking to start a business is, is basically the structure. The correct type of structure that you're going to have that can... for, for, your, uh, for your business. Whether that would be as a sole trader, a partnership or a company. Um, the next thing that is is basically your cash flow the cash flow is probably the most important thing in business it's the blood of the business the heart beating 
pumping cash around to make sure that everything is and how you control that is with your sales and your and your costs and one of the things that I like the analogy is that I, I view a bank a, my bank account like a dam so I try to build a dam in my bank account to stop the leaks from coming out now if you have a, if you have a fast flowing river which is basically your your cash flow and it goes through a village it's just going to swamp the village so you try to build a dam and direct where you want the water to go so when you do have extra money in the account you know where it's going but when things are low as well you can open the reservoirs and let it flow a little bit easier okay so that's the that's i work with a few of my clients on things like that uh, to make sure that they're siphoning money into the right places for the right expenses yeah number one being revenue making sure that they're, they're putting money away for their future tax bills their vat bills and their and their prsi that they need to be paying on a, a monthly or bi-monthly basis okay. after that then it's to make sure that they're generating a profit so if you know at the end of each week that your sales are a thousand euro it's to put a percentage of that away so that at the end of the year you're not looking to say oh you're after making a 20 percent profit and you say well actually my bank balance is i'm overdrawn where is this profit yeah so to take it out of your bank account on a weekly basis and put it into another account so that you can actually see your profit okay on it. so like a separate little savings exactly, account exactly yeah and would you even then set up like that it comes out automatically so you don't even see it can you do that or i would that... start somehow one percent one percent of my sales i'd be putting into it and then i try and build it up i love benchmarks so I try and benchmark myself, included my, my business, against the best in the world. So if I can say, for example, if I have if I, a cafe, I will look at the financial statements of Starbucks. I know they're completely different, but they still run a business. Yeah. They still have employees and still have costs. What sort of net profit are they making? They're making 20% net profit. Okay, how can we make a 20% net profit in your business? I said, okay, well, we can cut the cost here and that and that. Cutting cost is great, but that takes your eyes off sales. So you have to generate enough sales in order to make your costs effective to make the 20%. So at least we have a goal that yeah. we need to achieve. Yeah. And how we achieve that might be over well, might be over two years, it might be over four years. But it's a process. Yeah, yeah. And so having goals it. actually just changes the mindset completely. It does. That's what gets you switched on and gets you focused. And then it's the next question is how do I achieve it? And then there's the wee steps. Yeah. And I, it's the same again, like it, whether it's business or it's getting in shape or what's, it's whatever. It's almost the same strategies that, all the time. It's just actually getting in that frame of mind where you're going, this is important to me and I have to make this a little priority. And then what am I going to do to get there? And am I going to do the work? And am I going to be committed to doing the work? Yeah. Same and the review at the end. Yeah, you have to be able to look back, and make notes, and to see what you need to change yeah. after action review. When you've done something, when you've Understand. achieved your goal, yeah, I would definitely that's credit yourself on what went yeah, well. Credit yourself, but at the same time, look at what could be better. What mm-hmm. could I improve? Mm-hmm. What are the lessons from it? What am I going to take going forward that I'm going to apply, and then hopefully bring about a better result in the future? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. Anything else you want to go there? No, I think You're happy. that's uh, okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The next thing I want to talk to you about, Martin, is your fitness life because this is. One that we don't associate with that many accountants, I don't think. So no. you're a little bit unique in this regard. I um, looking at some of the stuff you've done. So you're you're into your running, you're into your athletics. Your marathon personal best is two forty two. Is that right? That's two forty two in Dublin last year. Yes. Good God. <laughs> That's incredible, Martin. That is absolutely incredible. Warriors run last year. You finished fifth in fifty seven ten. For anybody that doesn't know what the Warriors run is, it's a fifteen kilometer run up a mountain and back down. And Martin landed home in fifth place. Yeah, they did. That's some well, goal. Well, yeah. 
How have you always been into your your training, or is that something that's come on in recent years? I know you were saying you went to study the rec and leisure course, so I'd say there's a background in training from a very youngish age, is there? I was very athletic until I until I went to Summerhill, and then when I went to Summerhill, I was introduced to cream buns, <laughs> and I sort of exploded. <laughs> I had a wee bit of sport to keep me in line, but then um, I really wasn't into running. I started I I, I started running around my first ten k, I think, in maybe t- two thousand and ten. I played a little bit of football with Strand Celtic, and right. but athletics and running wasn't something that I was into at all. I didn't I hated running basically okay. when I was younger? It was, it was only in two thousand and ten when I. Was, a lot of people kind of make that transition, you know, when they finish a team sport and then they go, "What am I going to do with myself mm. now?" And that tends to be for a lot of people when the running comes in. Yes. Would you be one of those people? I would be. You're yeah. finding that the team environment is great, but. With the team environment, you're one cog in a team. Yeah. So if I'm if I'm getting annoyed because another person's not pulling their weight or that, I'm going to do something that I'm in control of. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why I'm in individual sports. Yeah. And the likes of the marathon run and that as well requires such a strong mindset too. And it's actually just digging in, like for an endurance event like that where you're running. Well, I was going to say four hours, but you're running two two forty two. So it's not quite as long, but at the same time, it takes a lot of discipline. It, it does. Yeah. You know, and it needs to be. Get into your you're in your own head for quite a bit of time, and it's I suppose keeping the thought process positive as well, and not letting the doubts and the the negativity creep in, and that can I suppose derail quite a few people, especially when they're inexperienced at it. Yeah, I my first one was in 2011, and my first marathon I'll never forget. I was running, I was kind of turning the corner, came up by Trinity College just before you come to Grafton Street, and I was running there. I was running with my great friend of mine, and we were running up, and a mile to go, and I was feeling good, and I said. Like, tapped him on the shoulder and said let's go for this and about two seconds later I was leaning over the <laughs> rail with cramp and I said oh my word so uh, 344 was my first one and I mean that was that was so hard never wanted to do another one again but that's still really good for a first marathon it was it, it was now because I really hadn't put in I didn't really know too much about training I didn't know too much all I was doing was a couple of runs a week but the goal was to finish one. Yeah. And I, that, was, that, was the, that was the goal, to finish it. Just to finish it. Just to finish it. And I was very happy with that. How many have you done now? Um, overall, I've done, I say about 15 marathons. I've done a couple of 50 miles. And my biggest race that I've done internationally was Transvolcania in uh, La Palma, an island off the Canaries. Wow. Yeah, myself and two others from Sligo went over to compete in that. Okay. And I'd imagine then that's another challenge because temperatures and everything are a bit different and hydration levels need to be looked at and different things like that. It's a tough race, yeah. 14,000 feet or 50 miles. Wow. Yeah, over over a volcano from one side of the island to the other. Extreme, extreme event, yeah. It was was brilliant to do. Yeah. Yeah. How did you feel during it? Um, I felt... I felt... As you're good okay. as you can feel when you're, you're running okay. 50 miles, I felt horrible at times. <laughs> but then when I finished at the end, it was it was fantastic. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was it was a great it was great. Uh, it's great to be away with with friends running mm. and with a common interest. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. The marathon time, I'm actually I'm curious about because that is that's amazing. Like the yeah, look, I've been time. chipping away at that for a long time, Alan. It's not an overnight success. I I've, I've worked hard at it. I yeah. I train six days a week at least, if not seven. What does your training look like, Martin? Is um, there resistance training in there or is it all running? I've started doing it. Um, I'm trying to work on things that I'm not good at now in the minute and that is the likes of strength. So the core strength, um, hips. I do an awful lot of, of running up uh, up up the mountains, like uh, Nocknaray especially. It, it's a hill to most people. It's a mountain to us. But I would spend an awful lot of time training. I, I would dedicate my training at the start of the year towards the mountains and that because and, I enjoy being yeah. up there. 
and then but it's every morning basically I, I go out running maybe between this morning was seven and a half yesterday morning and what did I do I did 11 so it depends okay. on the it depends okay. on what I'm training for so it, this is based now at the minute so you've got yourself a routine there where you get up every morning and you go and train and then you go and do your day's work and yeah. then you've got family time in the evening yeah so you have a nice I have balance. a nice balance I've, I've been yeah. the, the, probably the best balance at, at this time in my life yeah it's the only time I can carve out for myself is between six and a half seven yeah so that's my time yeah it's tough getting out of the bed these mornings when it's cold like that. It can be, yeah. That's again, but you know what? That comes back to having your goals and your why and why am I doing it and why is it important to me? And it yeah. drives you on a little bit. How do you find it in terms of stress relief and stuff like that? Do you use it from that perspective? I do. Yeah. yeah. That's probably the most important thing for me is to use it as, as, as an outlet. Yeah. That I can set goals. Like you can set goals in, in, in personally uh, or sorry, in business and they may or not, you can only have certain control over them. You might want to achieve this, you might want to achieve that. I know that I'm totally in control of my personal goals. Mm. So if I'm, like I'm, I'm training out for a qualify for Berlin, I'm hoping to run a time. Yeah. I know that me getting up doing my 1% each day it's going to hopefully let me achieve that when I in next September when it comes around. That's exactly what it is, and that's the point to drive home to anybody listening. It's those little things every day, just showing up and showing up and showing up consistently. And it's not a magic, you know, that I'm going to put in a big burst just six weeks before the thing. It's always that long term preparation, doing it on the days that you don't feel like it, just showing up and getting it done. Yeah. Winter know. miles for summer smiles. Now they say. That's what they say. <laughs> apparently, yeah, that's what they say. Um, yeah. So look, it's it's great to see somebody that has such a balance because I'm even thinking while I'm speaking to you, you're quite similar to me in that a lot of your work probably during the day is on computers or you're in the books, and then just to get out and get away from all that as well is needed. And I find that sometimes evening time I just have to go and train like if I've been on the computer all day and I run online courses and I run all these different things I just need to go and have a bit of fun and speak to people and go and get the body moving and get some endorphins flowing I'd imagine it's very similar yeah I'd be, I'd be the same there could be a day that for argument's sake I might get out yeah and I would come I'd be in the house 3 o'clock or 4 o'clock in the day and the wife would look at me and she goes Martin just go out for 20 minutes <laughs> you need to train <laughs> you just need to go out just to spread, stretch the legs it's great to have somebody supportive like that yeah. around you though especially, yeah. when, especially when you're working for marathons you need somebody supportive around you because you're going to be gone a lot of the time out of the house when it gets closer aren't you it does happen it yeah. does happen um, no that's really really interesting um, in terms of your, your training then What's the big goal then after this one? Have you anything else in mind? Is it always going to be running or is there anything else that you want to try? Would you ever be interested in triathlons or anything like that? Or is there an, an element of the challenge that appeals to you with something else? What I, what I actually have seen, and a lot of people may be resonating with this, is that when you get defined by a sport and then that's taken away from you for whatever reason, for you say, you could, I could hurt my knees tomorrow and not be able to run, I'm sort of developing a way of, of becoming an athlete even though I'm in my mid-30s now, but to become an athlete rather than just a runner so that you can have... So that if, you, if, if, if running was ever taken away from me for whatever reason, that I'm not going to be, I suppose, I would just say... Nothing else to do. Nothing else to do, yeah. So the likes of... I'm, I'm pushing myself this year. I'm, I'm talking about trying... I, I haven't swam in years, but I'm maybe going to try the wire to see... Good man. That's a goal I've always wanted to do, but it's something that is so far out of reach for me. People say a marathon is out of reach for them. This is it's breaking my, it down. It is. It's breaking it down. Is right into that. So that's that's one goal I'd like to to, to take off the box now this year. Um, and if that happens, great. If it doesn't, 
next year's another year. That's the yeah. way I see it. Yeah. Uh, but apart from that, now I'm I'm doing um, I'm going to Seville now in two weeks for a marathon out there. I've uh, 50k on in the end of March, so that's I'm building towards this, and then it'll be a lot of the local races and that. But mostly running, no, nothing else apart from that. Fantastic, fantastic, Martin. It's been interesting. It's been very, very interesting. I've really enjoyed that, and I think I've got a lot from it in terms of even seeing the similarities between financial and training and life. And again. It's all about mindset, a lot of it, isn't it? Sure is, Alan. It really yeah. is. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for joining us, Martin. Thanks for having me. That's it for this week, guys. I hope you've enjoyed our episode on financial health. We'll be back again next week.